Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hi, 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 everybody. It's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah! The Ayatollah Alcoholic, Ian Wadley. Hi, 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 Ian. Hi, hi, how you doing? Better than you. What's up? Well, <laughs> I want to know if we got iTunes reviews. But before that, Ian, why don't we talk a little bit about the Rockin' Pot Expo? We got to push this shit. Oh, yeah, because uh, this shit, it's, it's going to be here before you know it. When you hear this episode, we will have a month uh, to the Rockin' Pot Expo part dose. And there's a lot of shit going on, man. Uh, you got Friday night. Uh, that would be August 24th. We got a killer show to kick it off. The pre-show featuring Ron Keel, Tora Tora, and Frank Domino and Punky Meadows of Angel. Now, this is something uh, separate that you have to buy tickets for. Shit, even we have to buy tickets for this shit. What? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's like twenty dollars. Lot entertainment for twenty dollars, but that's the really cool, good too, man. the cool thing that uh, Chris Sinzak is doing. If any of you last minute people, if you buy a ticket to the Friday night show, you're automatically you have uh, admittance into uh, the expo the next day. So if you're yeah, if you're holding out and you ain't bought it yet. Buy it there, and you're already taken care of the next day. So we we have that on Friday. On Saturday, we have the expo, which I believe if you have early entry, starts at 9 from 9 to 6 o'clock. You need a ticket for that? Yep. You know, you, you, it, see, you don't know the impression I'm doing? A ticket! That's uh, oh. Eddie Murphy doing Bill Cosby on Raw. Oh, oh, yeah. Got a ticket! <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Saturday night after the expo, we got uh, the after show with uh, Black Hair on. Yeah, and with, Dead, with me. With me. Yep. I'm going to be performing with Black Hair on. That's that is right. true. That's true. We will be introducing the band. We'll be saying hi to everybody. And uh, then Dr. Fuck will get on stage with Black Hair on. That's right. Shake my moneymaker. And I know what song they're doing, and you don't. So I, show yeah, I up. Know. I can't wait to find out myself. <laughs> but, uh, man, talk about a day there, man. And it's the same venue where we went last year to see Raven. It's a killer club, man. I, yeah. I like it's a, it's a real shithole, but in the best sense of the word, you know? Well, it's uh, a shithole in a good neighborhood. How's that? Yeah. Usually shitholes are in bad neighborhoods. Shit, that's not even a neighborhood, is it? <laughs> I yeah remember when we pulled up into the front we're like I don't think we're at the right place yeah. <laughs> we went around the back like oh yeah here we are it's pretty cool uh, it's like a basement type thing yeah and it's called the basement oh is uh, it called the basement yeah oh, there you yeah go. it's awesome venue so you got that you know the expo then the after show on Saturday and then on Sunday there's gonna be a comedy show at Zany's. Uh, featuring Inappropriate Earl, Courtney Cronin-Dold, and Craig Gast. All who are going to be at the Expo as well. 
Uh, but man, it is a weekend full of fun and sex and drugs and rock and roll. What a juicy weekend. Yeah, so, man, make sure, if you're on the fence, man, this ought to push you the fuck over. And also, I want to get into the donations, because we can still raise some more money. And uh, and one thing I want to stress is, if you know, you got an album, you're wait, you want us to review so bad. You. Don't stress, okay? Okay, I'll try I don't to. want you to get a heart attack. All right. So, if you're, you know, you're thinking, uh, I'll get one next year. Now's the time to get it because this thing is getting bigger and bigger and we're lining up already sponsors for next year, which means less money for us to raise. We've already we're the number yeah. one fundraiser two years in a row thanks to you guys. Yeah. But right now you got about a month left to like get it in like no matter whoever wants to do it if you want to do it multiple times. We've had multiple people by multiple episodes. Oh yeah, by the time we're done with our episodes the next Fuck, the next one is going to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, get it in and make sure you get your ass to Nashville, man. We've got, fuck, three times the amount of listeners actually attending this year's event. And fucking the biggest news, Bill Wang is going to be there this year. Holy shit. We're going to win that race. We're going to go to fucking jail is what we're going to do. Oh, my God. The Wang is, ha- is is showing up. That's going to be epic. Oh, my and, God. And I didn't even tell you, Ian. I spoke oh. with Wang last night, and what we have stored, oh, my God. I'll tell you after we're done with the news. You're going you're gonna to love it. And anybody that shows up and sees what Wang is going to do, I mean, with us, you're involved. Okay. People are going to. Shit. And I don't even want to bring it up. Let me let me put it this way, just for you people out there. When the when when it's all said and done, and you see what me and Ian and Wang are gonna do at the expo, you're all gonna wish you went. Trust me, it is the most genius idea, and I came up with it. And Wang is down go. to do it, and I know you're down to do it because you're. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you already told me. You yeah. forgot, but you told me. <laughs> no, I didn't tell you, but you, I didn't tell you, you know, the Wang part. Oh okay. Right on. All right. Well, now it's time to get into iTunes reviews. And it's been a while since we've done news. And we've accumulated three new reviews. All right. Yeah. Was one, and, of, them, was one of them changed for the 17th time? Yes, it was. Oh, and, oh, and the listeners will really appreciate that. Okay, good. I can't wait to that racist review. Yes. But the first one is an awesome review. This one is a five-star review from Horace DKR. Horace! Or Hollis. I'm sorry, Hollis. uh, Entitled, This Show Rules. Ooh, I like him already. He says, and I quote. You hear that, racist? This show rules. (laughs) You don't matter. Hollis does. Yes, and Hollis says, I absolutely love this podcast. I'm 45 and have been listening to metal, especially the new wave of British heavy metal and early thrash That's since I was a boy right there. Since I was 11, I share their passion. The choices Ralph and Ian make for their weekly shows are great. Many I've heard and been a fan of for years, but I've been turned on to a few albums I never had time for as well. I've been a fan of this show because of its content. 
This show is not a constant barrage of self-promotion of their merchandise and commercials for hair loss, food prep services, and a bunch of other crap. This podcast is done for the love of music, and it shows. Thank you, Ian and Ralph. I appreciate all you do. Well, thank you, buddy, and I'm, I'm about to do you a solid. Uh, I'm going to do a pick of the week this early in the show, just for Hollis. Okay. He, he said he loves New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Just last night, my buddy Chris Briggs turned me on to this band, and they're a new band, but they are so New Wave of British Heavy Metal. you got to check these guys out, Hollis. They're called Pounder. Check out Pounder. They're awesome. I, I, I love it by the name alone. Oh, wait till you hear this band. They are so good. So check them out, Pounder. I mean, Hollis. Hollis. <laughs> check out Pounder, Hollis. And, uh, man, I, I, want, I want to thank you, Hollis, for a great review. Yeah, and, that was awesome. And, and I love he brought up a great point about uh, how we are about the show. I mean, of course, we take many a left turns, but it's always somehow related to the music. We're not, you know, shucking anything or, you know, selling you a fucking garden weasel. Yeah, well, I was. Li- I shuck. I shuck. Uh, I shuck while we do the show. Okay. Clams. <laughs> well, go shuck yourself while I finish this review. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, he brought up a great point because I was listening to Eddie Trunk the other day. Why? Uh, be- Eddie Trunk is one of those. If it's somebody I give a fuck about, I'll listen to. Uh, but really, he doesn't even do like like what we do, uh, like a true podcast. What he does now is uh, he takes interviews from his regular show and edits them. And if it's anybody I give a shit about, I'll tune in. If not, I don't because I, I... Hey, and I used to listen to his radio show for years. I understand why everybody hates him. There's shit that gets on my nerves. He's a Diamond Dave hater and loves Sammy. That's enough for me. Yeah, fuck him for that. But there's so many goddamn commercials. And he's on podcast one. Uh, that is probably one of the biggest podcast, uh, companies, but what it is with that, like, they have to ask you, like, we couldn't get on podcast one. They gotta, like, invite you, but it's, oh, it's nonstop fucking commercials. The same with fucking Jericho's show, all these fucking commercials. And they're like, please listen to our sponsors. Help, help keep this podcast free. I'm going to tell you something. I might have said it before, but I remind you if you don't. You know what I pay for this podcast? $10 a fucking month. Woohoo! Ten fucking dollars is what I pay for the server to put this up. Now, yes, it, it takes a lot of our time. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on this show. But but coming out of pocket, I spend ten fucking dollars. And these guys have a hundred times more you know money than i do and they keep oh we got to do all these commercials and that's something i've turned away from we've had opportunities to do commercials for this show and i'm just like you know what it's it's not worth it it's not worth it because it's not like i'm going broke doing this fucking podcast and i know how annoying it is when you hear all these fucking commercials and got to hit that fast forward button you figure with all the blowjobs he's getting Sammy Hagar, he'd throw him a little Cabo Wabo money, wouldn't you think? Yeah, but but no, but what I'm saying is it, it, it's all bullshit. He gets paid nicely for those commercials, but it comes off as like, oh, if you don't listen to these commercials, the podcast can't go on because I couldn't afford to do it. You know? Oh, give me a fucking break. 
Now, now maybe it's because he pays the girl who edits it. You know, he always thanks the girl who does all the editing, but and you never does all our this editing. Girl. You never thank this girl over here. Oh, yeah, I do, baby. Well, thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to say, we've had chances to make fucking, you know, like a little bit of money. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not nothing where Ralph and I can quit our fucking day jobs. So why fuck up the show with all these stupid commercials that nobody gives a shit about? To make like fucking thirty bucks a fucking month. You Fuck tell him, man. Fuck that shit. We Preach. do we we do it because we love what we do. Right. And Hollis picked up on that. He understands that. Obviously, he listens to a lot of other podcasts and knows the difference and knows good fucking podcasts and true podcasts when he hears it. Thank you, Hollis. Well, I kind of hate doing what I do, but you got that fucking picture of me deep throat the uh, fucking uh deep throating a giraffe but hey did you notice the little bulge in the in the giraffe neck i got a long schlong that's right so what's next we got another we got three of them save save the lamest for last oh oh of course the next one is another five star review and and here's another thing i'd like to mention a little uh you know i i, I know you've gotten shit on your kids channel for they say oh you brag too much Hey, there's nothing wrong with taking pride in what you do. No, i never gotten that, Ian. <laughs> I do oh, okay. brag too much, but I don't think I've ever gotten that type. I've gotten, like, fuck you, you're a loser type shit, but I never okay. heard me bragging, no. No, no, no. This guy was, remember, he said you were bragging because you talked about how we're going to the Rock and Pod Expo. Oh, that's and, right. Oh. I was, yeah, because I was proud that we're being flown there and everything. And yeah. this guy, oh, you're bragging about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. So who gives a fuck? Eh, what do you want for fucking KISS fans? At least I ain't a racist like Andrew Jacobs, you know? I mean, come That's on. That's right. But what I was getting at is we now have, uh, you know, uh, 140 ratings on iTunes. We have 101 actual written reviews. And out of that 140, 131 are five stars. Yeah. So... That's a pretty god god you know goddamn good average right there, you know. So people get it. You know, there's a lot of other shows got a lot of other worse ratings than we do. Yeah, you know who also loves our show? The third the third iTunes review is coming up. He's just in denial. Uh, I think you mean the third Reich. Yeah, the third Reich, exactly. <laughs> Andrew Hitler. Uh, but before we get to that sack of shit, we have a five star review from. Those were the days, entitled Great Chemistry. You hear that, Adolf Jacobs? He says, and I quote, I stumbled upon this podcast back in August of 2017. I was looking for something Black Sabbath, and the review of Mob Rules popped up. I had no idea what to expect, but I gave it a listen and instantly was a fan. I love the chemistry between these guys, and the shows are great, especially when they go over the latest rock and metal news. I might like some Sammy Hagar songs, oh. and clearly and clearly these guys don't, oh. but that doesn't change the fact I really enjoy this podcast. You hear that, Mark? I recommend it to any fan of hard rock and metal music. Keep up the great work, guys, and thanks for all the many episodes. Awesome. Rock on. What's his name? Those were the days. Well, those were the days. I'm going to do you a solid, too. Get on YouTube, type in The Eternal Idols, and check out all my Black Sabbath reviews, including Mob Rules, and I am in the process now of doing a Black Sabbath documentary that will make your 
nose hair curls and give me your give me your mom <laughs> yes everybody go to the goddamn eternal idols page yes there come would, on there would be no podcast without the eternal idols page that's right ian found me on there that's right mm-hmm. and what a find you were thank you sir thank you honey all right now uh we go into the last review that was my bad hitler impression from Cuckold Turtle Boy, a.k.a. Jacobs. <laughs> Jacobs. <laughs> and this is like his sixth or seventh rewrite what a, of his fucking what a review. What flaky guy this guy is. All he does is rewrite. What is that fucking mental or what? Oh, yeah. He oh, he's such, such a bitch. a goon. But, uh, for, for you loyal listeners, coming up on a future episode, we have gotten his wife. That's true. To agree to do an interview with us. All I had to do is like oh. put a little pussy in her face, and she came my way. Yeah, actually, we opened up a can of tuna, and she came running. Exactly. Back to be on yeah, the show. I, uh, we actually can't wait for that one. It's going to be awesome. She agreed to do our show. So this cuckold actually did give us a five star review again, huh? and, and it, yeah, and it well, it's a five star, then it's a one star, yeah. then it's a five star, and it, it, it's fucking civil. If I ever see him, I'll make him C stars. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this guy has somebody. It, I guess you have a lot of time for reviews when you don't work a fucking job. Yeah, you and, just and you live off the go- government. Right. But uh, so basically, he rewrote. The same fucking uh, review that he had last time, but he added a little something aimed at you, and I'm pointing at you, you, the listener. Ooh. Right. So, Get ready you know, to attack this goon. So it's the same thing where, you know, he says, oh, yeah, I've got an ugly feud with Ian, but uh, but this is, you know, one of the best uh, uh, podcasts out there. Damn straight, Skippy. And he talks about... You know, the many dedicated listeners who have so graciously donated to the Rock and Pot Expo. Yeah. That's right. We are the number one That's money right. raising motherfuckers. That's right, bitch. Look but. how good. Look, look how our loyal listeners are. Whatever the hell you got to say about our listeners, you're wrong. Right. Thank you. So and, and whatever he, he says, it's, it's, it's just him talking in the mirror. Because he's about to say to our listeners what's really yeah. him. Go ahead, yeah. Ian. Lay it on me. So after he put, you know, uh, uh, which so many of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, many dedicated listeners have so graciously donated to, and then he put an asterisk, and then at and then at the end of his review, there is the asterisk, and he says, but then again, it's easy to donate when you're using mom and dad's money and or government cheddar while living with ten to twenty people in your mom's basement. But better to donate to the Rock and Pod than to buy Rolling Rock or meth. What, what an idiot! And so, speaking of, you know, of course, mommy and daddy don't give them money because they they fucking dropped them off at a veterinarian's office. Yeah, his mom, yeah, his mom and dad are fucking dead. Are they? Yeah, his dad got fucking shanked in prison. His mom killed him, killed herself out of the shame of shooting that shit out her twat. Well, I'm not saying nothing about that, Ian, because I'm better than that. And plus, he made fun of your dad, so fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. But, that's but he does know, get it's... government cheddar, that's for damn sure. 
Yeah, but, uh, you know, he turns around. It's, it's so funny. He turns around what exactly he is yeah. and, and projects that onto the listeners. Hypocrite. And this fucking pussy is not coming to the expo, and he wanted to come so bad. He's afraid of us. That's why he's not coming. No matter oh, what he yeah. says, oh, yeah. it's because he's afraid oh, yeah. of us. And plus, you know, I mean, Trump's in office now. They ain't giving him that check big enough to go. Yeah, you don't get no Obama phone anymore. no Obama phone no more, exactly. He's a fucking, you know, he's a fucking Jew. You know, uh, Trump don't care about no Jew. He don't even care about his own fucking son-in-law. But, you know, you're such a little bitch, motherfucker. And that's exactly why he's not going. And, and I, I love the excuse he gave. Uh, like, oh, I was going to buy the Gene Simmons vault. No, yeah, you weren't, with motherfucker. What money? Yeah, with, what, with, with your money, with your tax dollars. Yeah, with my, you know, it doesn't pay that much. It's yeah. not Obama no more. Yeah. No, he knew he was going to get his ass kicked and one up one side of the fucking parking lot and down the fucking other. Well, there were a couple listeners that told me that, and I told them not to, but there are a couple listeners out there that really want to beat the fuck out of this guy. I said, oh, dude, yeah. it's not worth going to jail for this fucking Nazi racist idiot. Oh, I'd beat the fuck out of this motherfucker. And he knew it. He knew it. That's why he was, he's not showing up. Uh, you know, but he's coming up with all these fucking excuses. And, uh... Well, we'll yeah. hear his wife's side soon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really want to hear is the fucking truth. Yeah. I want to hear what this fucker's like at home. Any chick that leaves that guy for Poontang is fine with me. But you know what? You, he, he can fuck with me, and he, he said, you know, he said some vile shit to me, too. I don't care, dude. I mean, you got to look at the source. This guy is a total fucking loser. Anything he says, I don't care about. But when you attack our listeners, and, and, and he attacked you with racial, you know, calling yeah. you... Uh, my brown sugar daddy. And and, and uh, uh, I grew up in a house full of people because he, he equates Latinos yeah. of like a house full of people where I just, I was raised in a house with my mom, my dad, and my brother, nobody else. No, he, he said there's like 75 of you in a Yugo. Yeah. It looks like a fucking clown car all getting out. Yeah, yeah, th- there you go. That's a racist statement. If there ever was one. Idiot. What a moron. Little does he know, my dad c- accomplished more in this fucking country before he was born and and afterwards. And my, and and I'm American. I'm more American than that idiot. Yeah. And I'd like to add, your dad didn't get shanked in prison for being a short eyes. Exactly. And he didn't. And, and he never. He never got government cheddar. This right. guy came. My dad came here at 17 years old. 17 years old. In the 50s, without wor- knowing a, a word of English, achieved the American dream. And you met him, Ian. He speaks English quite well now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he, he is a man's man and a hell of a man. And I understand. I, I get why he's your idol. He is my idol. That's the problem with Andrew Jacobs. He, you know, he doesn't have, like, a, a, a solid foundation. Yeah. He doesn't know what it's like to be raised in a fucking, in a nice household where they tell... They show you how to show respect and disrespect to yeah. racist idiots like him. Yeah, yeah. Your dad raised a man. That's and, right. Uh, and this guy's dad raised a bitch, then fucked a bitch. And now this guy collects disability because he can't work because his asshole's blown out. Thanks to you, me, and my dad. And like I said, oh, boo-hoo. You got raped by, by a man, by your dad, you know? Hey, there's a lot of fucking Catholics that get up and go to work every fucking day. You don't see them crying. God, yeah. Ooh, daddy stuck his dick in my ass. Get over it. <laughs> All right.
Alright, enough of that idiot. Let's get into the news. Alright, well, Great Goldie says Vivian Campbell's last in line is nowhere near the first three Dio albums. Uh yeah, it is. It's near the, the it's better than the third one. Nah, I wouldn't say it's better than the first two. Yeah, I, I, I would say that too. I, I would say I like that album better than uh, Sacred Heart. Yes. But no, not as good as, as the first two, but still a damn fine album. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I, I think this is a little bit of, uh, you know, jealousy here or hate back because, you know, Vivian's pretty much slammed, uh, you know, the Dio Disciples. And uh, in a way, I think he has a right to. I, yeah, I mean, right on, it's his opinion too. He probably yeah. he's probably a Sacred Heart lover. Hey, that's his opinion. I'm cool with that. You know, you know, Vivian's band is the real deal, the real musician. Well, unfortunately, of course, Jimmy Bain passed away. But uh, you know, that that's that's the real band that created that music. And uh, you know, where Dio's Disciples is pretty much a hodgepodge of guys who met Dio once in a bus station. Non-original yeah. members of the Dio band. Yeah. And, and and some people who never even played with them. Yeah. Uh, but, uh... They were good yeah, when I, I saw them. I, I really enjoyed that last in line, the, the studio album that they did, and I'm looking forward to the next one. And I'll tell you, I mean, I saw Dio Disciples. They were great, but, dude, I'm not lying. I've been going to concerts for 39 years. May 18th of next year will be my 40th anniversary of going to concerts. Dude, that last in line is my top 10 all-time favorite concert I've ever seen in my life. Wow. You know, that's how good it was. It was in par with the greatest time I ever saw Dio, which was the last in line tour. Uh, it was as good as that show. Right on. Well, hopefully someday I get a chance to see him. I've never seen Vivian Campbell live because I refuse to go see Def Leppard. Yeah, and, uh... I never see... Did I? Oh, yeah, I did see Def Leppard with him. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Once, like two, three years ago, yeah. Because Styx was playing, and, and I went with a chick. She wanted to go, so, you know. There you go. That's the night I, I walked around with a chick, and uh, Stephen Kirk saw him, and he was too embarrassed to come say hi. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, you, you're, well, it was uh, embarrassed, I, I think. Uh, well, yeah, he, embarrassed. He was, intim- he, didn't... he was intimidated by that hot piece of ass I was with. <laughs> I think he was embarrassed you're going to tell people he was at a Def Leppard concert. Well, I brought up Bon Pony. <laughs> But, I love uh, the cursed Sturk. Oh, he rules. He rules. I wish guy. he. I wish he was coming this year, but uh, but I think it's gonna be next year for our Hasidic headbanger. Well, I heard he's uh, he can't come at all. But you know that's a. Uh, yeah, that, that's is what his wife says though. You know, he he told me that was fake news. All right. Well, Gray White has a new singer. Uh, oh yeah, the guy that was supposed to be at the expo. Uh, was he supposed to be there? Yeah, he was. He was booked to be in the expo, and he had to cancel because now he's a singer, Great White, Mitch Malloy, I believe his name. Yeah, he yeah. Was, uh, he was in Van Halen for like a, a second, right? And yeah, uh, uh, you can see the whole story on YouTube about him and Van Halen. Yeah, uh, you know, I was kind of laughing at this because I was like, oh god, another singer with Great White. Because to me, Great White's one of those bands. Like, you gotta have Jack Jack Russell or forget exactly. it. You know, it's like Skid Row. If you don't have Sebastian, get the fuck out of here. I, I could give a frog's fat ass what the fuck, you know, you're putting out. Because the voice is so, you know, it is that is the face of the band. But I gotta say, I was like, let, let me see what this is like. 
So I went on Blabbermouth, and they had video from the first show they did, and uh, he sounded fucking good. Yeah, the guy's got a good voice. He sounded really fucking good. I was like, God damn. Uh, you know, and it was funny and sad at the same time because they're playing like an outdoor show. But uh, there's there's one point where the guy filming, you know, he's obviously up front, and then he turns around to show the crowd, and oh my god, <laughs> you know, there's so many empty seats. I mean, it was like a real pathetic turnout. Hey, Ian, I want to read for you a tweet. A tweet. What from, the fuck's a tweet? Uh, it's that Twitter thing. Yeah. From Liam Gallagher. Okay. It's quite funny. He says, Earth to Noel. Listen up, kid. I hear you're doing gigs where people can't drink alcohol. Now that's the bizarrest thing you've done yet. I forgive you now. Let's get the big O back together and stop fucking about. The drinks are on me. Liam Gallagher. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get Oasis back together. Stop fucking about with non-alcoholic shows. Yeah, non-alcoholic shows. That, it's, that, that's, that's bad. That's bad. We got bad. lucky when we saw Noel. Yeah. yeah, even though I was too drunk to or, or too sick to drink, <laughs> but but they served alcohol. Yeah. Oh, that was a damn good show too. Oh yes, it was. Damn good show. Uh, I actually uh, after that show, I put all of his solo albums on my on my phone, and, and a song came up the other day, man, and just like I, I really dig it, man, because I missed that boat when they came around the first time. I liked Wonderwall, and that was about it. I never checked out anything. Yeah, but you gotta uh, look into some Oasis too. Oasis got some great songs. Yeah, but I really like that. I tell you, I really like that fucking uh, the, the tomorrow. Well, no, no, I really like the Liam solo album too. Oh, um, dude, I like the Liam solo album more than the last Noel. I love the no- yeah. last Noel. It's very I've, strange and stuff, but the last Liam is so yeah. Oasis is so killer. Yeah, I I played that on my radio show, man. I really dug it. Good stuff. All right, well, Danzig is doing a Halloween bash show, and man, I wish I could see this shit because uh, joining them is going to be the Damned, Venom Inc., and Power Trip. Jesus. What wow, a fucking Power lineup. Power Trip rules. Yeah. Wow, what a show. Yeah, them, the Damned, and Venom Inc., that, that's Damn, a fucking too. show. Oh, right? yeah, Venom yeah. Inc., come on, goes without saying. Yeah, but uh, now suppose he's doing a, a short tour in October, Danzig really doesn't like to tour that much anymore, but he's doing like maybe seven or eight dates in October. Well, he's got to pay for the cat food. And then he's not doing anything. He's working on a, like a secret project. Now, what that is, I don't know. You know, is me. it a is, is it a new Misfits album? Kind of. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is. He hasn't announced it yet, but apparently, you know, he's doing these shows and then he's concentrating totally on whatever project that's going to be. So. Yeah, I, uh, it's with me, dude. All right, well, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. We got a new version of Mother. Oh. I wrote the lyrics to that. It's about banging your mother. <laughs> I want to hear Andrew Jacobs' version. Father, yeah. would you stop yeah. fucking me? Wifey, would you get away from that tuna can? <laughs> oh, shit. He's a All racist. Right. Now, here's a story. Here's a story that uh, really makes me sad. K.K. Downing has sold his rights to Judas Priest as Judas Priest catalog. Oh, he already sold it? Uh, I think he's either sold we it talk, or he's... We talked about this already, Ian. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, they got some new facts coming up. And apparently, 
his his share of the of the catalog earns from like around you know over three hundred thousand a year to like over four hundred thousand a year. What's he doing? Well, you know, he lost his ass on that fucking golf course shit. So he still got that steady income coming in. So what? Yeah, I well, what I'm saying though is that you know he must be in pretty dire fucking straits if he's selling this shit, and it's it's going up. I think it's going to be at auction uh, to buy this. But uh, so yeah. whoever buys it gets like forty grand a year. No, no, four hundred grand a year. I mean, if they buy it, they get four four hundred grand a year. Yeah, they, they give it an estimated value of uh, uh, of that. And I think the asking price, or no, no, I'm sorry, that's for his estate that he's trying to sell. But yeah, he's he's selling like everything, and uh, man, that's that's fucked up. Obviously, he's he's in need of money, and and I just hate seeing that because he wrote those songs. Man, he should be paid for those songs. That's like Michael Jackson getting paid for the fucking Beatles shit. That shit ain't right. Yeah. Well, and, on, the, on the bright side, Andrew Jacobs ain't buying it. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, hold on. I, I, maybe I read this wrong. No, it was bought. It was bought by Round Hill Music has acquired it. Well, well so. congratulations to them. They'll be sitting pretty for the rest of their yeah. lives. And I'm surprised that the other members of Judas Priest didn't buy them out. Unless it was, you know, he was asking more than what they felt it was worth. But you think they could have prospered a lot if they bought it and kept everything in house. You know what I mean? Right. Because most of those songwriting credits, let's all be honest, are are you know Downing, uh, Tipton, and and uh, Halford. And and if Halford and and uh, you know Glenn uh, Tipton would have went in, wow, that could have really you know doubled their fucking money. True, true. But, uh, yeah, I, I just hate other people getting paid for what he wrote. That just well, That's his fault, not the other people. Yeah, no, I know, but it just, you know, a, as a fan, that leaves a bad team. You know, it'd be like somebody else getting paid for, for what we do. You know, like Andrew Jacobs bought all our old episodes, and he gets uh, paid that, for Yeah, that guy can't even buy a fucking Dorito. Now, I'm not even talking about a bag of Doritos. Just a Dorito. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that's unfortunate. Poor racist. <laughs> hey, um, Mike Portnoy or is it Mark? It's Mike Portnoy, right? Uh, Mike Portnoy. Yeah, he came out and said something to the effect of, you know, Pantera was the only band to fly the flag of metal in the nineties. Yeah. Yes, I did see that story. Well, here's the deal: people really seem to not, you know, Pantera haters, not people that like Pantera, because. Obviously, uh, you know, people that like Pantera for the most part are idiots, but the ones that understand what it means, you know, people get upset that hate Pantera when they hear this because they're like, what about death metal? What about Morbid Angel? What about these bands that were doing? Dude, it's, that's, that's not the point. The point is Pantera was at a plateau. They were yes. high, they were high on a plateau where Morbid Angel and, and people were playing clubs. These, these, this band was playing arenas flying the flag of metal and by flying the flag of metal was not going up there and playing Pantera music they were up there with Phil saying shit about Metallica and how everybody sold out and how alternative yeah. and grunge and we are a metal band we'll always be a metal band that's what he means by flying the flag of metal and they were huge and there was no band at that time that big 
saying shit like that on stage, like Metallica. And I hate to say it, but Rob Halford himself said yeah. metal was dead in the yeah. 90s. So did Lars Ulrich yep. and uh, Dee Snyder. All these people uh, said metal was dead. Pantera didn't believe in that shit. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with... Because, yes, I do understand. Jesus, I was in the 90s. I discovered a lot of killer new bands in the 90s. Uh, but they weren't huge like Pantera, you know? I mean, Manowar is a band that always said, we're metal, we're metal, but they were doing it in little clubs. Yeah, they did it huge in Europe, but this is not about Europe. Well, when he right. talks about who's flying the flag of metal, it's all about America. Because metal never lost its ground in Europe. Me Europe has always been extremely kind to metal. Oh, yeah. And no, America hasn't. I, I was thinking about that when I was watching that video from that great white show, and they pan back, and there's so many empty seats, and I'm like, man... And it just uh, showed that they had played a festival in Europe to probably hundreds of thousands of people. You know, of yeah. course, they're part of a bigger package. But, it, you know, those people never gave up on metal. We're here. We're so fucking fickle. It's about what's on MTV or what's popular, what's trendy. It's the you same know? thing when Thrasher Die goes overseas. We played to thousands of people. We come here and it's like, it's shitty. Well, mainly Miami. I mean, it is better I mean, we played to like hundreds of people out of Miami, uh, but still, I mean, compared to you know overseas. Yeah, but it, it's all it's all a fucking trend here. Whatever's trending, you know. And they were the great Southern trend killer. Yeah. You know, and they they lived up to it, and, and they were damn proud of it. You know, like you said, why all these other bands, you know, especially Metallica, don't call us a metal band. Yeah. You, you know, they and, were like, and, no, and fuck you. Albums, a... Making albums that were far from metal. Yeah. Yeah, they were trying to to sound current and relevant and, hey, we're hip kids. And I don't you think know? they ever uttered the name Metallica during those years. They called themselves Metallica. They would take the metal out. Yeah, they, they, they even changed their fucking logo, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You, know, you know, to make it, you know, hey, we're something else. You know, we're cool. You know? But it's true. Mike, Mike Portnoy's right. Thank you. Oh, he's absolutely right. You gonna win that race? <laughs> well... Uh, speaking of somebody uh, uh, who, who's kind of complaining, <laughs> Poison drummer Ricky Rocket says, we get judged on what we looked and sounded like on an album that happens to be 32 years ago. Well, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> oh, but it's a great album for comedy. Great comedy album. Oh, there, there's this awesome post that Chris Senzak put up where... Uh, Ricky Rocket was playing wearing a Decibel Geek shirt. And that's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that yeah no, no, that's awesome. I love it. But <laughs> Jimmy James Schwartz put under that post, he goes, I wonder what it would take to get him to wear a Rock and Metal Combat shirt. Oh, I don't think. Oh, I'll let him hear our episode. Let, yeah, yeah. To which you I know Robert Fleischman would. To which I responded, sorry, our shirts only come in men's. <laughs> oh, ouch. That's a good one. <laughs> I have See, my moments. and you're judging him on the first album. I'm sorry, he looked like a bitch. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, and, no, and, I, but, you know, in sad news, uh, after uh, Ricky, Rock, Ricky Rocket played with the Decibel Geek Show, their ratings have gone down. <laughs> well, you know what? Those guys love Poison and, and more power to them, and they had Ricky on their show. And, That's and, right, uh, they're the funniest podcast out there. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm happy, and that's that's really cool though that that he wore their oh, shirt. Oh yeah, that is nice. All right. So, so so Ian Rat, huh? Have you seen the footage? Yeah. of Rat, The new breed. 
Yes, I, that was the next story. I'm very impressed. <sighs> no, of course, you're going to be biased, but dude, that guy is awesome. Whoever took Warren D. Martini's spot, that right. guy shreds. He is good. Very good. I, I thought, I thought musically it sounded good. I thought, you know, Piercy, uh, again, was totally unanimated, but vocally sounded okay. Um... I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just got a problem though calling this shit rad. It just, well, I, hey, you know. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, oh, forget about the ins. Listen to how it was. It sounded great. I mean, I was extre- I expected it to suck. And when I saw that guy do the round and round solo, I was like, dude. I automatically went to the Hollywood show I saw last time because honestly, I thought D Martini was not good that night. Probably was having an off night. But I watched it. There was a guy front row at the Hollywood show I saw. Watched them back and back. Dude, this guy was much better than Martini was the night I saw Rat for the last time. Which he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't the Martini that, you know, we all know and love. He was a little off that night, but this guy, whoever the fuck he is, I don't know who he is. He is fucking great. I mean, really good. But, you know, the same thing goes from that guy from Dokken. That guy's amazing. Yeah, John, John Levin. He's amazing. But he's never going to get no respect because he ain't George Lynch. You right. know what I mean? But that guy can do George Lynch just like George Lynch. You know? And I'm just saying, no, of course, this is not going to get no respect. People are going to be like you. And, and honestly, dude, if that shit don't play close to me, I'm not going to drive to see it. Because, oh, you know, yeah. honestly, I mean, two original members of Rat and that's it. It's like, you know, it's kind of weak. You know, I'm not that big of a Rat fan. But, you know, if it comes with a package, I want to see, like, the last time Ace played with them, I'll go. You know, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see this rat. I don't care how good this guy is. I'm just not that huge of a fan of rat. I saw rat. I saw the original rat. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm content. Right. Well, you know, well, luckily enough, every time I saw Warren, uh, he was great. Me too. It's just the uh, last time he was off. But, you know, I guess he just doesn't want to tour, you know. And, he doesn't have to. He's rich. Yeah, yeah. He, he's independently wealthy. And, hey, if your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. You know, my problem is just because the band does mean a lot to me. Uh, seeing this, you know, <laughs> pushed out there as rat. I'm like, come on. This ain't this ain't rat. I mean, you, you were pushing it before. And now it's like, you know, just him and fucking Warren. With no new music, too, which is even yeah. more pathetic. Well, you know, they were before this shit happened. He said he was writing new shit with with Warren, and it was sounding great. And now, you know, Piercy's they're they're you know saying this is the new breed of rat. They're doing these dates, but Piercy's already got a new solo album coming out in a couple months. Makes no sense, does it? Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. I mean, just call it the Stephen Piercy fucking experience, and be I I would I would feel more comfortable with that than calling this shit rap. And that really a good way to promote your new solo album is to going out with your old band. You know? Yeah. It's just, it, it's so, it, it, it's so fucked up and in and, and a sad way to see a band that, that, that I love so much. It's like, wow, it's, it's just fucking sad. But again, I, I'll say, Hey, it did, it did sound good, you know, but to me, it's just a, it, it's just a tribute band. Now, Eddie Trunk came out and said there's no difference between that and Judas Priest. And he's right. But the difference is Judas Priest uh, released new music. But yeah, only the bass player and 
uh, singer or the only original, just like rap. But right, he doesn't mention Eddie Trunk. I'd heard that thing. He doesn't mention that. Hey, but Judas Priest released the best goddamn album this year. You know, right? You know, and another thing, you know, uh, Scott Travis has been there since you know fucking ninety. Okay, so I consider that okay. Yeah, you, you got him there, and and it's a little bit different circumstances, too. I mean, you still have Glenn Tipton contributing through writing, and 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 making appearances when he can. It's something he's held back for health reasons. And you Faulkner's know? been in the band for what eight years now. Yeah, you know, and, and, and really, you know, the one missing, you know, is, is KK. Uh, you know, so it, to, to me, it's not, a, I, I see what he's saying. And if you look at it, you, you know, black and white, yeah, you can make a comparison. But to me, there's no comparison because they just released, uh, you know, still, in my opinion, the album of the fucking year. I doubt anybody's going to put out anything as, as good as that. Right. You know, so there's a little bit more substance to the Judas Priest than there is to this rat, you know, and, 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 you know. Jesus Christ, Rob Halford's way more active than Stephen Piercy on stage right now. <laughs> you know, it's much more like you feel like you're seeing fucking Judas Priest when you when you look at those videos. Those, are, you know, I was just looking at, it, I was like, God damn, he's still doing the same, just jump up and down. And I love Piercy, but it's like, God, no, like no passion. Like this guy just doesn't want to get a day job. You know, where with Priest, you really feel like. There is the passion there. There is the need to tour. There is the need to make new music. They still feel it. You know, guys and rat just don't want to get a day job. <laughs> yep. And it shows. Well, they can't. Right. And uh, and something that surprised I didn't realize how old Stephen Piercy is. He's like 62. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I remember him telling stories of, you know, seeing Van Halen in the 70s and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so he was he was a little bit older, like even in the '80s when they started, you know. But whatever. All right. Well, another guy from the '80s that I fucking love is gonna put out an album this year. That's Jakey Lee is gonna put out the second album from Red Dragon Cartel. It's called Patina or Patina. I don't fucking know. It's coming out in November, and it's a uh, new slash old lineup of Red Dragon Cartel. He's got the uh, the singer who who started the tour and was on the album, you know, and then there was like, then they fired him and there was like four other guys and then this guy came back. So now they got Darren James Smith back on lead vocals. He's doing the whole album. Good, good, good. You got uh, Phil Verone on drums who played with Saigon Kick and Skid Row. Whoa, and that guy. And, and bassist Anthony Esposito, uh, who played with uh, Esposito, who played with Lynch Mob, and uh, I think he might have played with Vince Neil for a while and some other bands. Uh, but he has more of a stable lineup, supposedly now. And uh, I- I'm looking forward to the second album, man. I just want to hear Jake on guitar. Yeah, me too. I love Jakey Lee. So, and hopefully uh, I get to see that. I'm not holding my breath, but hopefully. Uh, they do a New Orleans show because I would love to see that shit. Yeah, the one I saw was pretty much a train wreck, but I still had fun. Right. All right. I let's... saw the show where the singer sang "Now You See It, Now You Don't" during Ultimate Sin. Yeah. I was at that show. The Blabbermouth posted it, and that was the video I shot. Nice. 
All right. How, how, how about uh, your buddy there, Marilyn Manson, pulled the Paul Stanley? Did you see that? I did watch that. <laughs> uh, what was the guy wearing? I forgot what band he was wearing, but Marilyn Manson was like, take that shirt off. It's not my band. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell what, what it was either. I was looking at it, but I could, I mean, it was in some fucking third world country. So it was sad because the guy was extremely overweight and he's telling him to take off his shirt. You know, a guy right. didn't want to be embarrassed like that, you know? Right. But I'm biased. I hate that. I hate that idiot. So, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, and I also yeah. hate Paul Stanley. So there you and, go. He pulled the Paul Stanley. You know, I, I, I'm biased because, you know, I love Manson, but I'm still uh, man enough to admit, you know, when he pulls a dick move. Yeah, I thought it was a dick move. Well, honestly, Ian, if you think what Paul Stanley was wrong, you'd be a complete twat. Oh, yeah. Thinking what Marilyn Manson wasn't wrong. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not a complete I, I'm like a semi-twat. Uh, you're, 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 you're not a twat at all when it comes to this subject matter. It was wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, no, I agree. I, I, I think it's bullshit. I think it, it's, it, it's cocky shit, man. Just, you know, uh, in all realness, he ought to be glad that a motherfucker showed up at his show, <laughs> you know, because yes. he, he ain't selling like he used to. And, I mean, and, and Ghost, let me tell you, Ghost has taken away a lot of his fan base. Yeah. Ghost Ghost has that shock value thing like he did, but they're, right. I mean, in my opinion, and I think you would agree with me, their their musicality is far superior. Uh, Marilyn Manson pretty much is a one trick pony, and I'm not saying this because I don't like him, but you know his music's pretty much the same. I mean, vocally, the guy doesn't do anything special. It's just the same, you know, industrial crap, and and uh, every album he releases sells less and less, you know. And now we have ghosts that's becoming huge. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that, that, that shit all, you know, you know, you and me have been around long enough to know that that happens to everybody. You know, very, very few bands stay on top. Uh, you know, to me, there's, there's a lot of shit about ghosts that all sounds the same, but I happen to like it the same way I like uh, Manson. Uh, you know, and I, I make no bones or no apologies. I, I, I dig it. But yeah, I mean, his time has come and gone, and you know, I always look back to like you know a douchey thing Manson did uh, when Blackie Lawless wanted to re-record Animal with Marilyn Manson, and it was it was a desperate thing by fucking Blackie to what try to remain, to try to remain relevant, you know. But but Manson being cocky, but in a way being smart at the same time. You know, like, hey, no, I, I'm winning now. You know, I'm gonna do this. Uh, you know, I, I don't need you. You know, you're 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 a relic. Uh, so it was kind of maybe smart business wise, but I always thought it was douchey. Like, hey, you know, Wasp came before you. You know, and, and uh, you know, but every everything comes and goes and has its time. You know, there's gonna be a time when Ghost is out of fashion. You yeah, know, and, true. Yeah, and, maybe. And, may, you never know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. You know. Yeah, but I, I mean, they're getting bigger. But uh, I mean, come on, you know, it's not Metallica big. You know. No, I mean, but still, they're they're I mean, they're, 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 big, they're big at the moment, and and no, they're no, in, look, they're in fashion. You and me will still like Ghost ten years from now. Well, but if, they they release, if they keep releasing right, good stuff, right, but right. I'll but I'll tell you this, man. It's hard for a band to get to their statue at when they the the minute they came out so that's why i'm saying dude right. they're huge compared to okay they're playing uh and they're not playing arenas yet but they're playing big ass theaters in yeah. this day and age of downloading i think it's very good 
Oh, yeah, and they're doing it by themselves. You know, Manson right now is having to do a co-headline tour with Rob Zombie. Of course. You know? All right, well, next story. Uh, and I would love to see this, even though I, I think it'd be a little weird. Uh, John Bush has come out and said, now would be a good time for a Armored Saint Anthrax tour. What do you think about that? Uh, that's cool and everything, but even more exciting news is that they will... He's predicting have a new Armored Saint album next year. Yes. They already got a bunch of songs written, and uh, he's also uh, toying on the idea of doing a tour, uh, doing nothing but Anthrax songs, but he did say it's not going to be one of those six-month tours. He'll probably just play the big cities. My friend right. Eve just saw uh, Armored Saint in New York, and they filmed the show for a feature DVD. Nice, yeah, they're doing the tour where they're playing all the Symbol of uh, Salvation. Yeah, they open the show wow. with a couple of classics and then they do the whole album. Yeah, that, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, just uh, to see Truth Always Hurts live is worth the mission alone. I, I mean, I mean, this would be a dream tour for me because, I, first of all, I love John Bush. Uh, second, I've, nev I've never seen Armored Saint. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of one of those... Uh, a blessing and a curse thing because they're both two bands I want to see a headline set you know these are both two bands I want to see a two hour show not a 90 minute I want to see a two hour show and, but I just saw Anthrax last month incredible the best time I've ever seen Anthrax and 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 that's no no slam against John Bush man because I've seen him many times John Bush and they were amazing, but this last time was just unbelievable, man. I was like fucking smile from ear to ear. Uh, but man, I want to see John Bush again because that that guy's an amazing voice. I'm much more of an Armored Saint fan now, uh, so I would love to hear those songs live. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you think? I, I I know Scott would be open for this. Do you think? You think Joey would let this happen? Uh, I think Joey would, but I don't think Charlie would. There's a lot of bad blood with Charlie and and, and uh, John. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that, and uh, you know what I've heard, and and again, this is just you know different shit that I've read. Uh, is that Charlie got really pissed that John wouldn't come back to the band? Yes. And 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 really, and like, God damn, can you blame John Bush? I know you, you fucked him over. Yeah, you, you know? fucked him over hard, and then you get mad because he doesn't want to commit again. I think that's pretty assholeish on Charlie's. You know, nor of every time you hear an Anthrax story, you always think, oh the asshole, oh, oh it must be Scott. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, in, in this case, it, it seems to be Charlie. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know Joey. Joey will always be butthurt about getting let go. And, you know, when they first got back together, he was doing only. That only lasted one tour, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, so I don't know how he would feel about it. But as as a music fan, that, wow, what a fucking tour. Because I can vouch right now, Anthrax is playing some of the best I've ever seen him. I mean, by far, uh, you, know, you know, the best guitar player they've had since... Uh, Dan Spitz is, is fucking uh, the dude from Shadows Fall. Uh, uh, John D Dennison or whatever the fuck his name is. Bill oh, oh, my. oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds so good. And, and man, I would love to see some fucking Armored Saint. I was just 
T today, you know, I was listening to shit on my phone. I always got it on shuffle. And a song from uh, Revelations or Revolutions, whatever the fuck it's called, came up. And I was like, God damn, this shit is solid. And, and you know, and, uh, another cool thing is today, as we speak, as we're recording this, Armored Saints, the biggest they've ever been. Uh, they're they're headlining Europe now. Uh, nice. They, they packed that place in New York. Uh, you know, there's the th and John. I saw a recent John Bush interview, and he said it so well. He said, "You know what? We name we may not be like the biggest band out there, but our fans are very fanatical." And when I saw them last time open for Queensrÿche, they got a lot of new fans that night because there was a lot of people that I was telling them, oh, I would say, "Well, they're like, dude, you're right. That band's amazing. I'm gonna look into them." Because uh, right. if you go see Armored Saint, you'll be converted, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, if that happens, I'd be very happy. I'm not holding my breath for it. I just hope I get a chance to see Armored Saint. I mean, now I, I've finally seen Anthrax with Joey, and that was a bucket list, you know? And, man, if they come again, trust me, I won't miss that. But uh, now I want to see the Saint, man. No, I would they rule. love to see that shit. All right, well, we babbled on for enough time. Uh, how about we get into this review? All right, let's talk about Triumph with Tim Bream. This is going out to Tim Bream, my buddy. Yeah, you guys are buddies now. Just like, like Putin and Trump, Mr. Rovia. Yes, sir. I can make up with him, but I can never make up with a racist Adolf Jacobs. Oh, I thought you were going to say Justin Childers. Who is uh, he? <laughs> no. Nah. He's not racist. He likes white people. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right, let's. All right, let's do it. Well, okay, let's get into the 1985. Yes, sir. Oh boy, that was dumb luck. Album from Triumph, Stages, and uh, I believe this is a fan episode, right, Ian? Yes, this is for Tim Bream. Tim Bream. Oh yeah, that guy I hate, but no, but you know what? I, I kind of made up with him. You believe it? Uh, now I'm mad at him. Good. <laughs> Pick up the slack. <laughs> yeah, um, I said, look, man. Hey, even before we get to the album, I want to bring this up. I said, you know what? All right, dude. I'm going to clean the slate. I'm going to uh, forget everything. Now, don't reply with something stupid. And, and then he proceeded to reply with something stupid. But at least it wasn't something stupid toward me uh, for a change. But it, it is stupid. I'm sorry, Tim, but we all have problems, bro. You know, uh, he said that he wants he wants to tell you and Ian, you and me, Ian, uh, what his problems were lately and why he lashed out at me because he's having problems. Dude, we all have problems. I'm not even going to mention my problems, but I guarantee it's pretty bad. Like, you know, yes, death involved and just a lot of bullshit I've been going through. But uh, I don't take it out on anybody online. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I, I mean for the for the record, I've got zero problems with Tim Bream. Other other than some of these albums he picked, <laughs> that's my only thing. I've never got into it with the guy. I mean, I can see why he pissed you off. I totally understand why you were annoyed with him. I get that, but he he don't owe me a fucking apology. You know? No, I, and I, I don't want to know your problems, dude. I got problems myself that I never even bring up on this show. And again. I don't, I don't, I don't take out uh, whatever uh, lemon life, you know, serves me on other people. I just don't do that. So whatever you're going through, too, trust me, you're not alone. 
Your, your problems aren't any more better than mine. And I'm not going to fucking go down on it. just so happens you piss me off while I'm having problems. Then yes, my, my uh, viciousness will be a little more. But but I'm not going to take out my problems on anybody. Or, or, or whatever misfortune you've had in life. Believe me, you. Top somebody dying. If maybe it's the same thing. Maybe you knew somebody that died. Okay, well, I did too. And I didn't take it out on you or, you know, or whoever, you know, on that page. Well, I don't have no, no problem with anybody. But anyway, uh, other than that, I said, okay, dude, I'm going to be fair. And I'm going to say, look, let's wipe the stay clean. So keep your problems to yourself. Seriously, I don't care. I don't care. You wouldn't care. I, I, yeah, of course, you'd say you'd care about my problems, but you wouldn't care. Ian won't care. Nobody cares, you know? So whatever, just, you know. Not, and yeah, I'm going to sound fucking egotistical, whatever. Just be grateful. I'm not going to be fucking a dick to you anymore. So stop with uh, your excuses. I don't, I, there, no, there's no excuse to be a dick to anybody unless they start with you, which I never did start with the guy. I'm already bored and we haven't even got to the album yet. <laughs> oh, okay, now it's going to get even more boring. <laughs> All right. What album is it? Uh, stages. That's right. 1985, I guess. Yes, sir. Did uh, you buy this right when it came out? What's yes. your history with this one? I bought the vinyl the, the year it came out. I remember it was new and I bought it. I, I'm a big Triumph fan. I love Triumph. Up to this point, I loved every Triumph album. The last one, Thunder 7, which was awesome. So they did a uh, live album after this album. And I was like, oh, cool. And... Uh, uh, this is where it ends for me, man. I mean, uh, this album, uh, spoiler alert, was a big letdown. And I remember years and years later, I found it on CD for like, you know, a couple bucks in a bargain bin. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, I'll buy this too. Even though I wasn't a fan of this album, I am a fan of the band, so and I'm a completist. So I'll buy the CD to, you know, and then I found out there's a couple tracks omitted from the CD version. And I remember listening to the CD. Uh, I don't know. This was maybe the, the 90s. And I remember listening to, to the vinyl when I first bought it a handful of times through 85. And then I was like, oh, dude, this shit sucks. I'm sorry, but this ain't a good live album. And, uh, and then I went to hear it again on CD and I got the same impression. And I haven't l listened to this album in well over 20 years until doing this show. And I put on the vinyl. I didn't listen to the CD because I know the vinyl had more songs. And uh, yeah, it was like, oh man. But then there were a couple parts of this vinyl. I was like, oh, well, you know what? That's not bad. That's actually not bad. Okay. And there's actually one song out of all these songs. I actually prefer the live version over the studio album. But for the most part, this shit is weak. Thank you. All righty. Well, I had heard of this album, but of course I never had it. Uh, really, all I knew about these guys, and I might have talked about it when we did the uh, Just a Game album. Uh, my buddy Mike Zeller had the Greatest Hits album, Classics. And I dug that. I mean, I mean, there, there was some good shit on there. Never anything that grabbed me enough to, to go out and buy their albums. You know, even though they do have a few songs I absolutely love. Uh, but overall... I, I just, you know, they just didn't jump out on me as that special. But the ones that I love, you know, 
I, I think are great, great classic rock songs that stand the test of time. But uh, I think they're definitely a greatest hits band. You know, I I, I would do just fine with a with a Triumph greatest hits. I never I, I, I never even heard of them having a greatest hits. Yeah, it came out in '89. Uh, called Classics. It's got like a raven, I think, on the on the cover and stuff. And uh, you know, and a couple of those I'd already heard on the radio and just never knew who it was. Uh, but you know, it's always one of those. Oh, I need to check more of their shit out. And then when I did, when we did that other review, it's like, and eh, no, uh, I, I think this is totally. Uh, you had to grow up with this shit. Yeah, you know? definitely. I, I I love. I'm a huge fan of Triumph. You know, the, Triumph is one of those bands that, you know, what a fucking shame they're not as big as they used to be because they were huge. They were an arena touring act. But I think the problem with Triumph, uh, as far as longevity goes, is uh, they managed themselves. They didn't have no manager. They did everything themselves, mostly the uh, the hippy-dippy bass player. You know, he was out there, like, you know, pound, you know, pounding flesh and promoting shit and booking shows. They did it all themselves. And uh, when you have something like that, you really in the end, don't really have pull in the long run because if Triumph ain't doing nothing, you know, nobody's going to care. Where if you were like, you know, the manager for ACDC or something, you got the money and everything to keep that name out there, you know? Triumph didn't have that. And I think that's their downfall was them managing themselves. But, you know, chances are they would have had a manager, they would have been boned anyway. Well, also, uh, you know, I think they're one of those rare bands... That, you know, were a big concert draw, but didn't sell a lot of records for some reason. Whatever reason. People like to see them live, word of mouth, they're a good live band. But it didn't really translate into record sales. And another thing I think killed them is just their pride. Uh, because they've said, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, they pretty much refused to tour because they can't do a tour where they have all their light shows and everything that they were known for in the 80s and they're like if we can't do what we did then we won't do it and there was even talk uh, that Van Halen was trying to get them to open up the reunion tour with Dave and they and they turned it down they wouldn't do it because you know that one they'd be opening and, and two they couldn't afford to do what they feel is a proper triumph show so it's like really Come on, you were never that fucking huge. No, so. I, actually, uh, I don't know where you got that. I, it's probably true, but I never heard that. But I heard it out of Gilmore's own mouth that uh, it takes a lot for him to get back into shape and to drumming to do a tour, a proper tour. Yeah. And he just doesn't want to do that anymore. He owns recording studios. He, he makes good money in Canada, more than he would if he go out on tour with Triumph. And it's a lot, a lot of It takes him about six months. Well, it took him about six months to get back into drumming shape before they did do those reunion shows. And that's the main reason why they're not, you know, uh, um, doing tours. And, and he did say that about the Van Halen thing. He said, dude, they, they, they wanted us to do a Van Halen tour. And I was like, I don't have enough time to get ready. You know, that was what he said. You know? Yeah, well, I've, I've also read other interviews where they were bitching about doing the you know, not having the stage show well, that, and doing a that, proper show. That may be true, but I'm just saying, uh, right. I heard Gilmore say it himself. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, so let's get into this. Um, <clears throat> the first song, When the Light Comes Down, 
Uh, compared to the studio version, this is softer than baby shit. Only thing about it I like is actually Gil's voice, because I really do like that guy's voice. Very cool voice he has, but even here, you know, he goes softer and on some key parts of the song, he doesn't really belt it out like the studio version. And the intro to this song is so anticlimactic, you know, and uh, it doesn't really like, you know, like a classic live album it has like a good buildup and bam, it's the first song. And this is a good song to kick off a show. And I saw this tour and uh, I just think the, the performance is, is lame and uh, the sound and I'm not one to complain about sound, but I think it sounds kind of weak, you know, and. I just don't like it. What do you think? It's a decent enough opener. I mean, I kind of get the, you know, the symbolism of, you know, the lyrics and, and opening up with that, you know, when the lights go down, now the show's starting, you know, now the party begins. Uh, but like what you said, it just comes out kind of fucking limp. Uh, not, not horrible, but not, not bombastic. And when you're doing a live album, you, you know, especially when you don't have that visual accompaniment, you, there's got to be something there to make you wish you were there. And I, I'm sure if you saw this, you know, live and there's all these lights and shit, maybe it's a lot more exciting. But without having that benefit, just listening to the audio, yeah, it, it's kind of a limp way to come out. But th- the song itself is all right. I don't know the studio version. Oh, well, studio but, uh, version kicks ass. But uh, it's all right. Another thing that's weird about this album, too, is uh, it's a live album that's... Uh, compiled from a bunch of different tours in different years. It was recorded between 81 and 84. You know, now, there are some live albums that were recorded in multiple shows that I like, but they sequence it better. One thing I hate here is, in between some songs, like it goes silent, and then it starts up again. I can't stand shit like that on a live album. It's got to have that constant feel like you're at a show. And, uh... Yeah, it just it doesn't jump out of the speakers the way classic live album should man there should be something like just so exciting you know you need more than just uh you know hearing ah, in the background you know there's got to be something a little bit more ballsy and i i don't know if this was just to uh you know they just threw this out there because they owed the record company or if they thought that you know the tours were that good i, I mean I, I don't get it it just doesn't seem like a record out of necessity you know it just seems kind of thrown out there even the album cover you know could have been better you know it's just like you know it's just like ah this took two seconds to think about the gatefold is really cool though yeah the gatefold is all collage shit from all through the years i think the gatefold is the best thing about this fucking album all right why don't you go into the next song uh never surrender this one's a little funky man i i dig it again i don't know the uh the studio track, I believe this is a title track to one of their albums. Yes. Uh, I like the guitar work on this. It's funky. This actually made me want to go and listen to uh, the original. But I have no problems with this live version. I, I think it's a good song, especially for Triumph. Uh, I dig it. What do you think? Oh, I love this song. But here it's downright annoying. Sorry. Really? Rick's voice is not in top form on here. You know, like the Us Festival, you got to look at that version. Uh, you know, I, I own the Us Festival on CD. It, it, it was a CD and DVD. And, man, I love that performance. Even uh, even Rob Halford, 
was like, wow, you know, at the show. He's like, man, Triumph were great. And they were. It was very, it was one of those shows where that really did uh, spike their, their popularity, their performance at the uh, uh, US Festival. And that is Triumph up on stage, daytime, no gimmicks, no explosions, no lasers, just downright. And, and believe me, I think uh, Never Surrender is one of the best songs they played on that set. How they perform it, it was just downright phenomenal. And it's a great, great song. I love this song. But here, man, Rick's voice is just not sounding that good to me. And But, you know, I admit the middle section is pretty damn awesome. Uh, but what surrounds it ruins it for me. So I'm not not too keen on it. But as I understand, you, you uh, studied the CD version. Yes. Well, the CD version didn't bring the next track. So I guess I'll just talk about it. Uh, Allied Forts is the title track to... Their most popular album. Though, uh, again, I gotta say, this performance is not as good as the studio album. Uh, this one is not as piss poor as the two before it, though. So, you know, uh, it's weird how they, they, they took this one off the CD, where the other two songs... Oh, yeah! Where the other two songs are, uh, uh, are kind of much more weaker. So this one is okay at best, but whatever. So take the next one. Uh, well, before I get into that, I just wanted to say I saw uh, there is a Blu-ray coming out on the US Festival. Oh, cool! Because I have the DVD. And uh, but I don't know, I don't know if it's just a documentary about it or if it's actual like gonna be the uh, the performances. I got a feeling it's gonna be more of a documentary, which is unfortunate. I'd love to see. Uh, you know, especially Metal Day, you know, is the one I really care about. But I imagine that would be a nightmare getting the right, you know, everybody to sign off on rights for that shit. Well, uh, uh, you could purchase the whole Judas Priest Us Festival with uh, the Scream for Vengeance, uh, you know, anniversary. It brings the whole show. Uh, this one, you can get the whole show. The Quiet Riot one's available, too. To right. And uh, I believe on YouTube, you can see all the other bands' full performances. Yeah, I've got the Van Halen on on DVD. Yeah, the bootleg that yeah. that I think is the first one to be released back in the day in the bootleg market. Uh, right. Because believe me, all the others you had to wait for uh, for the uh, them to release it on their own. The Motley Crue one was very was was mind blowing because that was released in the bootleg market around two thousand five six. And there was no footage of Motley Crue, even back in the day. All you saw were pictures because uh, when Showtime aired a very edited version of it, they didn't show Quiet Riot or Motley Crue. They started it with uh, with Ozzy, I think, or whoever. No, was it? no. I think no, no, no. Quiet Riot was on the Showtime, but no Motley Crue. So oh. when I finally got the Motley Crue one, I was like, holy shit! And it was like the shot of the devil outfit. And I got it. My buddy got it. I watched it. I was like, holy shit, that was bad. I mean, it was such a bad performance that uh, Tommy Lee cried like a bitch after it was done. He was very no shit. Yeah, he walked off stage and started crying. And that, I think, is the reason why none of this footage was ever seen uh, ever since then. But I was around while the US Festival was going on. And I was listening to the US Festival live on the radio as it was going on because it was... It was, uh, it was simulcast. Air, yeah, simulcast to all radio stations. So I'll never forget me and my buddies like at, at home. And I, I mean, it's been so long 
I, uh, I don't remember hearing the Motley Crue, but they must have, because Tommy Lee, one of the main reasons he was crying was he knew that shit was going around the world. And, <laughs> but I heard, I remember vividly hearing Triumph, Ozzy, uh, Van Halen, and Jesus Priest, Scorpions. I remember that vividly back when I was a kid, and recording it on cassette, which that on, unfortunately was on a Sertron. <laughs> but now I got pristine quality DVD versions of these these shows that uh that was a great day of metal as far as like other than Motley Crue all the bands sounded great. Right on. I I remember seeing some footage though of Ozzy, and uh, again I was, you know, pissed off about how high the keyboards were in the mix. Right. Somebody just posted a video the other day and it was like, God damn, Don Araya. Fucking turn it down a fucking notch. Yeah, that's Tom's brother on keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. Aaron. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, I, yeah. We're gonna get a bunch of comments now. I mispronounced the name. <laughs> well, I just said I just said Tom Airy. So <laughs> I, I, I'll join you, ball, in the batch fest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely checking that out, and hopefully there's some good quality footage on that. And I'll let you know when I got a release date for it. I think it's a couple months away. Yeah, I'll buy it. I, I'm down. I mean, I got all you know. I I don't have. I don't know if the score there might be. It might be on YouTube, but I don't think uh, I've seen the Scorpions full set on this, and that was Blackout era Scorpion. I mean, all all bands at this time. Now, it was great eras. I I want to say, I could be wrong here, but you know how you know the other year the Scorpions put out all those two disc editions. I think one of those albums came with the. Uh, us festival performance. I definitely have to buy it because I love Blackout. You know. Yeah, look that. I think it might be the the, the Blackout one because a lot of them are like two CDs and one DVD. Not right. all of them come with a DVD, but I think like four or five of them do. And I I could be wrong, but I think one of them comes with the the Us Festival. Well, I'll look into it because I will purchase it if it has the Us Festival on there. Right on. All right. Well, enough talking about something that's cool. Let's get into Hold On. And. uh this, this was something I, you know, I put this on my phone to, to listen to, get ready to review this. And I'm, I'm scrolling through the track list. I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, oh shit, I like that song. And then it came on and I was like, ah, this ain't the fucking song I was thinking of. This is shitty. And it's funny, I was telling you this the other day and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when we did the review, you shat all over that song. Uh, the, the song I was thinking about was Kansas. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Kansas fan, but I do like their song, Hold On. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, but, but, nah, this is, uh, uh, let me just look at my notes here. Yeah, this is like, yes, an ELP gave birth to a gay kid. This is just, ugh, give me Kansas any day of the week over this shit. Boring, but at least it's short. Well, I, I love it, and uh, I even love this version on the album. It's stripped down uh, version of the song, and uh, and again, this is one of the many songs that inspired me, you know, to tackle the world at a young age. Though I do hear a flub at some point during this song, where it proves it proves my point that that 100 live albums suck. I'm sorry, and. Uh, and this sounds like a 100% live album. And on top of that, it sounds kind of murky. Uh, the, I think uh, the, the, the sound of this sounds very murky. But, you know, Rick Emmett alone, you know, playing this shit. I, I, it was on acoustic, I believe. 
it was really cool. I really liked it. I was like, man, if this sounded better, and if they would have went in the studio and just like erase this and go to the studio and, and record and throw in some live noises, I would have really liked to hear this the way it is. I do love the studio version with all the bells and whistles, and it even gets a little disco-ish toward the end. Uh, I absolutely love Hold On, and I I like what they do on this album, uh, stripped down version, and that's I, that's a good thing about live albums. You get a completely different version of a song. You know, it's not like buying a fucking uh, album with the same, you know, songs over and over again. You know, with the same way they're played on the album, <laughs> Live After Death. But you know, it doesn't sound that great though. But I do like the performance of it. It does sound cool to hear Rick just do this shit alone. All right, I'll go to the next one. Uh, their biggest hit, Magic Power. This is the best song on here. I think this live version is incredible. And I do hear an enhanced audience noise on here. Sounds like there's some, some fucking magic studio power in this song. And it's a great performance. I do still prefer the studio version, but this is really good. I actually was going, wow. Uh, all this time, I guess like when I was listening to this album back then, uh, I was already annoyed enough by what up to it with the sound and, and the performance that I was kind of like, I overlooked it. So I really like uh, the version of Magic Power on here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, th- this is a good song. You know, this is a classic example of what they call AOR. And if you don't know what that stands for, it's adult-oriented rock which means it's not going to piss your mom off when she's driving you to the mall to drop you off. I uh, thought it was American this... Online. <laughs> no, that would be AOL. <laughs> Look at you. You paid attention in school. Yeah. <laughs> I went to community college for a yeah. year. Uh, I went to community. I did community service for a year. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. <laughs> Damn DUI. I mean, reckless driving. Um... Yeah, damn underage chick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a good song. Not my my favorite of their. I think they have better songs, but it's catchy. It's I mean, there's nothing to really complain about. This is an all right version. Nothing offensive here. Unlike the next song. Oh my god! Wake me when this fucking wank fest is fucking over. Uh, let let me look. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's the same length on, on the vinyl version. Jesus, is this fucking boring. Uh, this is one of their older songs, and uh, the guitar solo. And, oh, just fucking boring. Just, oh. You know, you know there, there's a fine line with drum and guitar solos or bass solos or anything like that, man. And nine times out of ten, it, it, it's a wink fest. It's a chance for, you know, the other guys in the band to get a breather, take a shit, take a piss, get a blowjob, whatever. But very seldomly do you walk away going, oh, yeah, that was worth not hearing another fucking song. Uh, you know, and, and this this one was excruciating at ten minutes and twenty seconds. I cannot wait for this fucking rock and roll machine to fucking break down and take a shit. Oh, but this this could be the worst song on the album. I'm not, I'm not sure. I gotta look at the rest of my notes. But yeah, this one was painful. What do you think? I like this one too. Oh boy. 
This was uh, another one that I was like, wow, this live version is pretty damn kick-ass. Uh, I think the band sounds uh, great. Jill is sounding kick-ass. And the act, that unaccompanied guitar solo is shred-tastic. This <laughs> man is so fucking underrated, it's ridiculous. And this is another highlight. And again, I sense a bit of magic studio power on this one as well. Uh, I do prefer the studio version, but this is really, really good. I actually did enjoy this. Uh, okay, I'll go to the next one. Uh, lay it on the line. Oh, not good. Now we're back to that 100% live bullshit. Nothing touched up. And on top of that, it's not even a great performance of this song. The drums are way too high in the mix, and he's showing off way so much in this song. He ruins it. You know, it's play the fucking song, dude. Don't stop. You know, your drum solo's coming up. You don't have to do it during this song. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Way to ruin a Triumph classic, you jack off. This production is more poor than those who don't donate to the rock and pedal. Uh, <laughs> I gotta do that again. <laughs> I said rock and pedal. Yeah, I know. That's what happened. And Lee Gerson's yeah. like, huh? What? This production is more poor than those who donate to not... God damn it! <laughs> this production is more poor than those who don't donate to the Rock and Pod Expo 2. Thank you. You gotta leave all that in. <laughs> that, that just makes it funnier. Alright, alright, I will. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, just how we couldn't disagree more. Uh, I I love it, but I, maybe it's because I just don't give a shit enough to where it offends me. Uh, I just love the song. I think it's the their second best song that I've ever heard. Uh, I absolutely love this song. Great fucking riff. Uh, maybe you were paying closer attention to me, or you've just lived with this shit more. So there's stuff that's gonna offend you. To me, it, yeah, fuck, it sounds like fucking laid on the line. Uh, and I love that fucking song, man. No, no, no try bashing on me when it comes to lay it on the line. That's an all-time classic. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Just sucks on you. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of sucks, let's go into the next one. Holy Mastacholi. Uh, what is this? Well, on mine, uh, on your version, it's two songs. On mine, it's one. A World of Fantasy and Drummore Selbo. Fucking, I don't know what the... It's a fucking drum solo. Don't try to be fucking clever, you fucking assholes. Uh, yeah. Fucking boring. This solo has to be just as bad as a guitar solo. Uh, and I think a drum solo is even harder to pull off than a guitar solo. Uh, you know... Unless, I, unless you're Peter Chris on Kiss Alive. You can't deny that. You can't deny it. Not a big, deny it. Not, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, not a big fan of that one. Not a big fan of that God, one. That drum solo's God. <laughs> in, in fact, I'll never forget when I was on Dart League, uh, I go to the jukebox and uh, they just had like the, the list of the songs. And I put, what is that, 100,000 years with yeah. the drum solo? <laughs> yeah, so I play that. I didn't know it was the, the live version. And that drum solo just goes on so long, and I remember this lady getting up to throw darts, 
and she's trying to fucking cut it. And you just see her like shaking at the line, like, what the fuck would somebody stop this goddamn song and shit? And I'm dying laughing because she's on my team. And I feel bad, you know, because we need to win this game. And, and she's somebody that took darts seriously and she's trying to throw it. And you can tell it's just getting on her last fucking nerve. And yeah, I'm not the huge. It, it, it's, I love 100,000 years. But yeah, well, dude, let me tell you something. If you would have played drum, merc, elbow, she would have thrown the darts at you. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that over over this fucking shit. Yeah, the song before it, uh, World of Fantasy, does absolutely nothing but this drum solo. And I, I always got it. When I talk about bad drum solos, and I hate to do this because he's no longer with us, and I do think he's a great drummer, but uh, Randy Castillo uh, from Ozzy's band, I remember he did this long, long fucking drum solo on the No More Tears tour. And it just went on forever, and it went fucking nowhere. And it's like, God damn, you could have played two and a half more songs for this shit. Now, maybe Ozzy needed oxygen or a fucking line or, or something, but man, I, I mean, Neil Peart usually does something that'll keep your fucking attention, but most guys fucking don't. If Tommy Lee didn't have a fucking roller coaster spinned upside down, nobody would fucking give a shit about his little hip hop beats and all his dumb fucking shit, man. So my advice to bands out there: stop with these fucking. Unless you got something mind blowing, unless you wrote the new fucking Eruption or the new Moby Dick, keep that shit in your fucking pants and just play another song. Because that shit's really boring, and is as boring as it is live. It's ten times more boring. On fucking record, and uh, man, you can kind of see why you know late '70s when punk was against all that shit, and they had a point. It just self-indulgent fucking noodling. Look at me, look at me. But if you're gonna say look at me, you better have something worth fucking looking at and listening to. Don't just be a, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, just horrible. But this one's really horrible. In fact, I don't know, maybe the World world of Fantasy song wasn't that bad, just because it's all one song on my version, though. That drum solo is it, it, ugh, enough to make me delete this album, it, you know, and I'm a completist, too, but, oh my god, fucking horrible. Let me guess, you like it. Well, I love World of Fantasy, but again, another cool song ruined here. You know, it's not so much as it's played, uh, because they do play it okay on this live version, but the sound is god-awful. And you know me, I don't know nothing about fucking production, but I felt like this shit was like, sounded like it was recorded in a tunnel. It's like, what, what'd they do? Like, like fucking got the guys that recorded Heaven and uh, Hotter Than Hell to record this fucking shit? I mean, it's just, it, it just ruins the song. And then, oh, man. Let me start my drum solo with a cymbal, with a cymbal solo, <laughs> you know? It's like, what the fuck's going on here? Then then when we go into, you know, hey, uh, I could go for, you know, I could go this far to say it sucks, but it is drum masturbation, uh, not cool, little flow to it, but just how how good I can play bullshit he's doing on here. It's like, like yeah, look at me, look at me, you know, but I got to say, watching him do this live, was fucking awesome because of the lasers and the shit going on made it visually appealing because there was you know I, re- I recall his, his drumsticks were lasers and, and lasers all around it was very cool to watch it wasn't a boring drum solo visually but hearing this shit uh, without the visuals 
It's pure ego bullshit, oh, yeah. and it's terrible. It's John terrible. Bonham didn't have no fucking lasers. God damn it, he played drums. I, I, I hate to sound like a fucking asshole, but holy fuck, that drum solo on Star Major the same nods me off. Condense it like he did on the studio version of Moby Dick. Now that's awesome. But I, I and, and I love John Bonham, but he went into too much bullshit. That little ten minute drum solo that was very boring to me. And I also think Song Remains the Same is a very poor example of Led Zeppelin Live. Like if you listen to uh Other West is one? Yeah, dude. Even that drum solo is I mean not, you know, wow wow, you know, but at least it's better than that version and and uh, much better live performance from them and the BBC one. Uh, and I love John Bonham's drumming, but song remains the same. Holy fuck. It's like, yeah, keep showing him on that motorcycle. You know, because uh, <laughs> when you when you pan back to the show, I'm fucking nodding off here. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is garbage. This shouldn't have been on here. I'll go to the next one. Midsummer's Dream. Is that on the uh, CD? Midsummer's yes, sir. Daydream. <clears throat> I love when Rick does these little acoustic instrumentals on Triumph albums. But here it just loses its luster. You know, it doesn't have that rich studio recording to it. It sounds a little flat. He plays fine, but it just doesn't have... Because the, the thing about Rick Emmett's, you know, he does pretty much an acoustic, a little acoustic thing that doesn't go too long, doesn't bore you on all the Triumph albums. And here, I, I mean, I don't... Re, uh, just heard this a couple hours ago. This didn't go on too long, did it? No, no, it's like two minutes and 42 seconds. Yeah, you know, and I believe the studio version is like maybe a, a minute 15. And, uh, but here it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't have its, that rich texture to it. You know, it's just, it's boring. That's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, well, once again, man, we see this album totally different because I actually enjoyed this. Uh, my notes put uh, pretty little ditty. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of some Led Zeppelin shit, you know, like something off of Led Zeppelin 3. And I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe it just sounds so good because it comes after that horrible drum solo. But uh, I didn't mind it at all, actually. Well, I think you'll be very impressed by the studio version then. Okay. It blows okay. this away badly. I will check that out when somebody pays us to review it. All right, what's the next one? <laughs> the next one, Spellbound. Uh, and, and again, I just, I love this song. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a catchy one, and uh, you know something I knew from the greatest hits. Didn't hear it on radio a lot like you did some of the others, but I definitely knew it from the greatest hits. And I got no problems with Spellbound. I like it. Uh, to me, it, it sounds the same to me. But you know, like I said, I didn't grow up with these albums like you did, so uh, I don't notice the little nuances. What do you think of this version of Spellbound? This is the song I prefer over the studio version. Oh, okay. Because right. it, it lacks that 80s keyboard on the studio version that sounds so dated. That's out. It's pure fucking guitar. It's more stripped down. I can actually say this is the only one here that I prefer from the studio album out of all these songs. So I'll definitely give this one a thumbs up. I'll go to the next one. Uh, follow your heart. All right, back to the downgrade. Uh, this is just not a good performance of this song. And it has that bullshit, untouched live crap sound. That 100% bullshit. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, I, I, I'm not digging this live version of 
Not one of my favorite Triumph songs to start with, but it's not, it's nowhere near one of their worst songs. It's a nice song, but this live version made it crap. What do you think? I love it. I love it. <laughs> and this is one, uh, one of those ones I forgot about. Like, oh yeah, that's Triumph too. You know, I, you know, follow your heart. I probably haven't heard since late '80s. Uh, you know, since I heard that greatest hits. Uh, I dig it, man. I like the song. To me, it's kind of like uh, Boston meets Night Ranger, which, which is how, how I kind of sum up this band to begin with. Uh, you know, they, they they try to be Boston, but they're more like Night Ranger. <laughs> but uh, but they got some good songs. But uh, I really like Follow Your Heart, man. It's a catchy little AOR classic. Yeah, I agree. It just sounds like shit on here. <laughs> All right, well, I'll take the next one. Their greatest song of all time. I don't know. Maybe they got a better song, but I've never fucking heard it. Fight the Good Fight. Uh, of course, this is how the, you know, Eddie Triumph show should end. Actually, you know, in my opinion, it should begin and end with it, because this, this is the best they got to offer. Uh, a perfect, perfect fucking song. I've got no problems whatsoever with this version. You know, to me, it's not that much different than the original it's just there's oh, you know, I hear Boise Idaho likes to party like, oh, you know but it's fight the good fight man great fucking song I love it what do you think uh, not only one of the, the best triumph songs but one of the greatest songs ever written in my opinion uh, now this morning as I was listening to this album uh, you know when it came to listen time to hear it fight the good fight you know, I had to go flip the vinyl over to side four. And I was like, you better not ruin this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking son of a bitch ruined it. And I can actually, I can actually detect studio magic on this one. And it still fails. Uh, you know, I will say uh, this live album would be better if it was enhanced on a home video. Like, get these performances with all the bells and whistles of what they added to their live show. Uh, but just hearing it without the visuals, it's pretty mundane. Now, like I said, the US Festival, these guys were playing outdoors, no flash pots or lasers, and they just delivered. And then they have a reunion uh, DVD out there called the Sweden Rock Fest, which was the same thing, outdoors, no gimmicks, stripped down, and so entertaining and to listen to without the visuals, because it also came in, in, in the CD was awesome. Stages is really weak and a bad representation of how this band was live. I saw this tour Seven Thunders and I saw the two tours prior to it. Way better performance than this real live album. Just like I, I, I say, and I finally proved my point, I mean, at least, at least to myself, that when I saw Iron Maiden on the Power Slave tour at the Hollywood Sportatorium, I mean, mentally, my memory, I was like, dude, this shit sounds way better than what they released on CD. And then uh, our, our resident homo, uh, Greg Barnes, found a bootleg of the Power Slaves tour I saw at the Hollywood Sports Forum. Doesn't sound that great, but it sounds good enough. You can hear Bruce Dickinson sounds way better in the show I saw than on that uh, long, long Beach Arena shit. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, this is this is a shame. This is uh, uh, this is terrible, and, and I do uh, contribute this uh, this live album to the downfall of Triumph. 
because after this, they never recovered. I, I don't, I did see the Sport of Kings tour, and that was a great, great show. That was probably the coolest uh, visual show they've ever done. But that shit was very expensive, uh, and um, the album didn't do too good, and then they pretty much, I know they released Surveillance after that, and, and then one without Rick Emmett, and then they just died. But this, this live album really did them no favors. All right. So we're done with the live shit. They added two studio tracks on here. Uh, that boy, I mean, listening to them today, it's like brand new songs. Cause I don't even, I didn't even know there were studio tracks on here. That's how long it's been since I heard this. So the first song is called Mind Games, and uh, this song is the first sign in the direction they were heading, because every album before Stages would kick ass. This song sounds like the suits at record companies tell them, "I don't hear a hit, boys." You know, and it's just some, sh- it's sloppy. Uh, I don't, you know, he's like, I want to hear something like Mind Games. And that's what they did. Uh, now, you know, this, uh, they were hoping for a hit, but really it wasn't a hit. It's shit. And uh, there was no video for this or anything like that. So it's a total attempt at uh, commercialism. And uh, it sucks. I don't like Mind Games. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. And, and I love the 80s, but everything about this represents the absolute worst of the 80s. I mean, this sounds like something that wouldn't even make a foreigner B-side. I mean, this is just really bad corporate rock. Doesn't even sound like they're trying. Uh, the only positive thing I can say about Mind Games is it sounds like fucking cashmere compared to the next song. Well, Holy- yeah, go ahead. Holy shit, empty inside. Wow. It's even fucking worse. Listen to how bad Mind Games is, if you dare. Well, I mean, I'm sure you'll hear it in the episode. It'll be in the background. But take that and and then minus a fucking hundred. Then you get empty inside. Two horrible fucking tracks that I I couldn't even see as, you know, bonus tracks on any other album, even for Triumph. I gotta say, this is really fucking two lame fucking songs. What do you think of Empty Inside? Well, I do think it's better than Mind Games, but I also think it's like weaker than Lee Gertzman's knees when he sees a chick with a shirt tucked in. Oof. Yeah, it's a weak song. Uh, It has some decent guitar playing that is to be expected, but the song just does not hit the mark at all. The beginning of the end to their recording career. It is a shit song, but... I'll say, I'll, if I had a pick, man, this one has has more peanuts in the in the turd than, than mine game. But it's oh. still, a, a turd's a turd. Yeah, it, it does suck, I'm not saying. I just think it, it's better than mine game, but it's terrible. Oh, well. All right. Well, this album was released. Uh, God, Wikipedia don't even give a fuck enough about this. I just say 1985. <laughs> uh it's got a rating of two stars, which uh, I think is appropriate. Uh, it, it's just boring. Uh, you know, Ralph said many times, 80s was not really the decade for live albums. Not at uh, all. Uh, you know, this is just really, really pedestrian. I'm, I'm not even a, you know, a big Triumph fan, but even I can say I know they're better than this. Yeah, and I am the huge... You, you'd expect me to be gloating about this album. 
You know, I, and I love Triumph. I mean, I bought this shit when it first came out. Cool, a Triumph live album. I've seen live, I've seen Triumph live four times, and they always rule. So this is gonna rule. And then I was just like, oh man, I think this is probably the album that woke me up to say, you know what, 80s, you know, just can't release a good live album. It just can't. Yeah, boy, yeah, this, this is a bad year for Canadian metal, you know, because fuck, they put out stages. I think this is when Power Windows came out by Rush. You know, like, yikes. Yeah, yikes. Yikes is right. Boy, There, there's an album a lot of people fucking defend that I don't get. I think yeah, the only thing that, that is worse than Power Windows is Hold Your Fire. Well, let those guys whiff a little bit of vagina, and, you'll, and they'll see how crappy it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> anybody who likes power windows never smelled a vagina. That that's science. Nope. That's science. There there's about ten rush fans who have gotten laid. Period. But, uh, oh, hello. <laughs> the ones who have don't like power windows. Hello. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to go into pick of the week. And do you have a pick of the week, Ralph? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. Right on. It's the most appropriate pick of the week for this damn show. Alrighty. Triumph Us Festival. Uh, recorded a few years before this album was released. Great live performance. Stripped down. No fucking, you know, bells and whistles. Triumph at their most, uh, I don't know, uh, their most fucking talented. I mean, they sound amazing on it. Especially my favorite song on there is Never Surrender. And uh, it's just amazing. And if you buy the CD, it brings the DVD with it uh never surrender and and believe it or not i have heard, i have listened to the cd more than watched the dvd and the dvd is phenomenal but you know uh, the cd is, is even better you know because you know you're looking you're looking at three guys on stage in front of like a you know 10 billion metalheads kicking ass but if you listen to the cd i you know i could just picture all the bombs and shit and without bomb sound effects of course and the lasers, I mean, they sound so good. Uh, the S Festival live CD is awesome. And yes, it is a live CD from the 80s, but not released in the 80s. This shit was released in the 2000s when they got back together. And uh, yeah, that's definitely my pick of the week. Triumph, live at the S Festival. Historic in my eyes. Yeah, I, I find that they must have had some recording issues because on either... Uh both the CD version and the DVD version, they don't have the first song that they played. Too much thinking. Oh shit! They played that. That's what they opened up with. That that, that was wow. the actual that that was the actual set list. But I, both the CD and the uh, DVD open up with Allied Forces. I love Too Much Thinking, and I never thought they played that live because when I went to go see uh, this tour, they open with uh, when the lights go down. Yeah. Isn't no. Gonna, no. Light goes down is off. Never surrender, isn't it? Uh. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. They opened the show. Well, they didn't play too much thinking, and I was very disappointed leaving that show going, because I love that. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. Shit. They opened the, the fucking us festival with that. Wow. What a shame that was admitted. I would have loved to hear them do that live. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at at the set list now, and they have the actual set list. From, from their performance and uh, aside from too much thinking it's exactly the same the CD brings a bonus track uh, uh, follow your heart and then also you know there's an interviews and videos and there's a documentary and shit on the DVD 
But yeah, neither one uh, has too much thinking. But it was play- it was played at the US Festival. And you know what? Now looking back on it, I think there was technical issues because I would remember that day listening to US Festival live in Japan if they would have played too much thinking. I, I remember shit like that. You know, I'm very good with setlists. You tell me any show I saw in the '80s, and believe me, the '80s I'd walk in there with about half a bottle of Jack in my belly, and I could tell you setlists. I mean, not in order, but I can tell you exactly what the bands played and what they didn't play at every show I've been to where I know the band's discography, like I know Triumph's discography. And I know they didn't play too much thinking. I'm positive of it. And if they would have played it on the US Festival, I would remember that shit. Right on. Uh, have you ever heard uh, the other live album they put out, the King Biscuit Flower Hour? Yes, that one's really good. That one's an early show, I believe. Yeah, it's from 81. Yeah, Progressive of Power, Progression of Power Tour. Yeah, that uh, was... it, it says Allied Forces Tour. Huh. Well, says, I have it, but yeah. I, I have it on, you know, MP3. I don't actually have a physical copy. Okay. But yeah, that one brings Blinding Light Show, uh, which is up there with... Uh, uh, I would say uh, Fight the Good Fight's a little better, but that's my second favorite uh, triumph song. You'd yep. hate it. it yeah. It's like it's like Rock and Roll Machine, but instead of a, uh, a long electric solo, it's a long acoustic solo. Uh, yeah, this one was taken from the Allied Forces tour in Cleveland, October 12, 1981. Yeah, I gotta listen to that again. And again, it, it, look at, they don't do Ordinary Man. Ordinary Man's like my third favorite. And they've never played that live, though. Rick Emmett has done it live acoustically, solo-wise, which is another phenomenal. And I saw the Allied Forces tour with opening act Saxon on the Denim and Leather tour. How do you like those apples? Ooh, I'm about into that. Right here in Miami. You know, it's like the Guzman Center. Triumph Allied Forces, Saxon, Denim and Leather. We want to talk about a fucking deal. At the Lee Gertzman Center? Yeah. For children? Yep, not allowed, not allowed in the place unless you took the shirt. <laughs> awesome. Well, my pick of the week is a rare example of a phenomenal live album that was released in the 80s. And this one was touched up with quite a lot of studio magic. But as both Ralph and I agree, sometimes that makes the best live album. Sometimes. And, and I'm going with Wasp Live in the Raw. And uh, that is one. Oh man, I was so glad. I, I found a sealed copy on fucking vinyl. Uh, love that one. I've always loved it. I think the performances are great on it. Uh, yes, there is some studio magic, but it's got some new songs on there, like Harder Faster. There was a studio track. Uh, their cover of Rough Cut Screaming Till You Like It. Just awesome, awesome, fun fucking album. Uh, if you love Wasp, particularly, you know, the early air, I mean, it was their fourth record. Uh, I, I think it, it, I think it's phenomenal and it's fun. You get the feeling of live, but you know, there's no fuck ups, <laughs> not a fuck up on it. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend you check out Wasp live in the raw. I loved harder, faster on that. Uh, that. That song kicks ass. Oh, hell yeah. I just hate Blackie's little speech in the beginning and it reminds me of Paul Stanley like that hey look I'm trying to be a badass front man shit just to you know you had to be older to realize how fucking corny and shitty it was you know? oh oh yeah but what it you know shit when that came out I was like 13 and I thought it was badass <laughs> I, I bought it I you know I, I was a huge Wasp fan back then and you know 
uh, even even with my disappointment of uh, Inside Electric Circus, I said, well, you know, you know, I saw Screaming Till You Like a Video. They're like, oh, that song's pretty good. I'll buy the live album. And to tell you the truth, it's not something I revisit much, but I love, I love Harder Faster. And listening to Harder Faster on that live album, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Tomorrow and Tonight from Kiss Alive 2 that was never played live. I don't think that song's ever been played live. I think it was just like, let's record it during soundcheck and add fucking studio noise to it. Right. Well, either way, it, it, it sounds good to me, and I, I think you should go revisit that. Yeah, I have it on vinyl. I, I will. I haven't heard that shit in ages. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to put it on as soon as we're done. I'm going to put on the Us Festival for DVD. Alrighty. My condolences. Uh, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and for the third time in this fundraiser uh, uh, segment that we're doing this year, it's Tim Bream. Hi, hi, Tim. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> uh, you know, Tim is, I, I would still say Tim's relatively new. Maybe he's been around a year, but man, he really, he really jumped in and he loves the show and there's been some drama with him, but uh, he's a huge fan. He contributes all the time and I really hope he just has enough sense not to piss Ralph off again so he can be here for a long time because. Well, that's, I, I told him straight up, look. I, no matter what, I don't give a fuck if you save a burning baby. Yeah. That, that that that's that their parents are huge Black Sabbath fans. I I won't care. I, that's it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. So Tim, I'm I'm wiping the slate clean. Be cool with you, but honestly, it's not so much that I don't care. Whatever problems you have, like I said earlier, it's not that I don't care. I'm not that soulless, but it makes me not want to care if you're going to use that as an excuse why you came down on me. Because you were having a bad day. You know, I've had many bad days, and I never take it out on Ian. I always take, I always fuck with Ian when I'm feeling good. That's right. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, Tim, I, I appreciate it. Uh, it. It's too bad you're not making it to the expo, man, because I would have liked to meet you. Maybe one of these days. And, Damn, uh, shucks. And, and next time you see Gary Gunn, Give him a fucking hug for me. So uh, thank you, Tim, man. Greatly appreciate your your contributions, man. Really appreciate it. But now it's time to get into the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life, and I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? 
check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter Pal Meow Meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at DecibelGeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Hey there, it's Dr. Fuck giving you the Dr. Fuck Show ID. That's right, the Dr. Fuck Show. Aaron here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right, I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this album, then you must like Triumph a lot better than I do. And me. (laughs) Come back next week when, for once, it's an album not picked by Tim Bream. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Fuck you, Ian. Sorry, I had a bad day. Okay.